Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Land Development Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Glick. And if this is your first time joining us, um, our show is dedicated to having conversations with people from the industry, um, spotlighting their background, how they got to where they're at today, and then also doing some uh, site stories where we talk about different projects that they've been involved in. And today I'm excited to have with me the Director of Sales and Marketing for Diligent Development, Kaylin Ludwig. Kaylin, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Absolutely. And uh, so where I want to start is more around your background and how you got to where you're at. I know you're involved in a lot. And so um, maybe take us through how you got into the, you know, the real estate industry in general. Yeah. Um, so kind of two parts of the story. One, my grandparents actually uh, flipped a lot of houses, had rentals, had a hotel. Um, and looking back, I was and really enjoyed um, <clears throat> going with them to open houses and and helping my grandma, you know, remodel a a townhome or something that they had as, for a rental. So looking back at that, I didn't know that I was so interested in real estate, but it's kind of funny how how they played a big part in that. But I went to UNI, I uh, majored in business marketing, and then I kind of fell into the, uh, I minored in real estate. And so kind of fell into that. I won't go into the story, but once I took my first class, I was kind of hooked. I was, nice. I was that nerd in the front room, raising <laughs> my hand, asking lots of questions and just really have always enjoyed that industry. I interned for People's Company my, my senior year of college um, and have worked for them ever since. Well, that's pretty amazing that you've uh, you've stayed in the same spot yes. because you do see in the industry you see some you see some hopping around and <laughs> with different people. But uh, um, I know People's Company is a it's a great company, obviously, and that's likely what's kept you around. And so you work in a number of different areas in the organization. So on the home building side, but also the land development side. Um, what what do your roles look like in those two areas? Correct. Um, so with Diligent Development, land developer locally in the Des Moines area, um, I help them list and market mostly residential lots, but there's some development land and multifamily land um, that I get involved in too. So I, I represent them as their realtor. And then also one of the owners, Steve Brewer of Diligent Development, him and I own Groundbreaker Homes. So I'm also running a home building business as a primary part of my Okay. Day. Yeah, that sounds like a lot, but that's awesome. Um, what one thing that I, as I was looking through, and I've obviously seen this over the last last few years since I've been more involved in the industry, more more on the tech side, but still kind of paying attention to what's going on. I've noticed that you personally have had such a strong like online presence, and like you're you're clearly paying attention to your brand and everything like that. And I'm just curious, just from a personal standpoint, is that something that like when did that happen and when did you kind of start making that a part of something that you wanted to put out there, you know, publicly and, you know, how you actually manage that and everything? Because it's it's really well done and I'm I'm just really curious. I think that I've learned a lot from people I work with at People's Company, uh, the leadership of Steve Brewer. Marketing has always been a big focus here at People's Company. I think right now we have eight in-house uh, graphic designers. Okay. Um, so that speaks for itself on just how much we value, you know, the brand and the look of the marketing material that we put out there. Um, I think several years ago, we started realizing how important social media is and um, having that content and and having things, even like our builder and developer luncheon that we put on yearly, um, 
things that all tie in together of our brand. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things for me personally, like when I think about my social media, I'll get into like a period of time where I do a good job (laughs) with it. And then there'll be periods of time where I just look back and it's like, oh, you haven't posted anything in probably a month or two months or something. You should probably put something out there because if you're not putting something out there, then I don't want to, I mean, you're likely being forgotten. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not top of mind for people. So, um, when I do see, you know, posts or just anything that you put out there, your emails, like your email marketing that you do, um, it's always a reminder for me personally (laughs) that, Hey, you need to do more like basically. And so, um, obviously that's something that's happening with what we're recording right now too. So this is, this is part of that process of being able to produce something that's meaningful to people and not just posting to post, but actually putting something out there that will provide value to, you know, to an audience or to people out there on social media. So anyway, yeah. whether you knew it or not, well, thank you, you. Are, you are motivating me to do better at you know, uh, social media. Game. I, I watch a lot of other people too, and feel that same motivation from them. Um, I think consistency and then actually having good content are two of the keys to, to that. And it's, yeah. it's not always easy to consistently come up with things, but I give you props for, for this podcast and what you're doing with that and staying in front of people. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, well, maybe let's shift gears here to uh, more topics on the, the development side. So um, there's a really unique project that you've been involved in down in coming Iowa. And um, I'd like to dig into that a little bit and maybe just start with talking about at a high level, just kind of describing what this project is, and then we can kind of dig into some of the details about the project. Yeah. So in coming Iowa, Middlebrook Agrihood is um, a 900 acre planned master plan community. Um, So you're going to see and currently see uh, commercial space, multifamily space, single family, a lot of uh, agricultural components. I will get into that a little bit more, Um, but and green space, um, a lot of trail systems and and things like that. So in Agrihood, um, we we actually saw them kind of popping up around the country. We followed quite a few, but there's a um, Agrihood in Georgia called Serenby. There's Agritopia in Gilbert, Arizona, um, just to name two that we've really take become inspired by. Um, but most of them are going to have a community garden of some sort, and that's really a central focus to it. I often tell people, think about, you know, a golf course community, but take away the golf course and put a farm, put other agricultural components um, that connect you to nature and to health. And I think just, you know, with trends of people wanting to know where their food is coming from, trends of wanting to have that sense of community again, Mm -hmm. um, that's really what is behind this project. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm fascinated by it because that that's really intriguing to me, just understanding that, you know, having the food come from the area where you live versus I think we're all so accustomed to running off to the grocery store and picking up the food, having no idea where that food came from. And, uh, but having that, having a community that revolves around that being one of the, one of the core components of it, um, is really interesting. And so what, what went into the planning of a community like this? Cause it's definitely different than what you would see in a typical, development, especially in this area. In this area, uh, you don't see really master plan communities. You see, you know, you'll see pieces of land platted out and they'll just be developed without necessarily, you know, thinking about some of those amenities within the development, because a lot of times those are provided by the city. So they're not necessarily provided by 
the actual developer. And so in this case, it's actually taking into account a lot more than just the housing. And so I'm just curious from like your involvement and everything, what really went into that and planning and everything? Yeah. So being involved in lots of developments over the years, it is so different than just, you know, we're doing these three plats, each plat has 30 lots, and then you kind of move on. There's not necessarily that connection to, you know, community amenities always. If there is, it's, you know, maybe there's a walking path by it or, but it's not like all inclusive of, you know, being able to walk to, um, you know, a garden stand to get your food, being able to walk to maybe there's going to be a, you know, barber or a floral shop or things like that. Um, I think also the walkability of this community is like a really big focus. So for from a planning aspect, um, really thinking about where different things will be located, how to interconnect them, how, you know, different walking paths and trails will work and, and roads um, so that it really works and flows. We, we often look back to really where like a small rural community, think Indianola, think Winterset, Adel, um, they've got the town center mm-hmm. and then they've got higher density around there. And then kind of as you move farther away, you you see, you know, larger state lots or, or things of that sort. But um, having that town center, that sense of community, places to walk to, that's it's really almost looking back at like, you know, where, yeah. where things started a hundred years ago. Right, right. And you think of, when you think of building things within walking distance today, generally you're probably thinking more of a city, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like being downtown in a city where things are going to be more in walking distance. But when you think of like rural community and, uh, you know, well, just new developments in general, you're not necessarily thinking about that. You're probably thinking more about, I don't know, hopping on a golf cart and to get, <laughs> to get somewhere versus, uh, being, having things within walking distance mm-hmm. and everything. Um, what, what else, uh, with, with this project, what other, uh, so there's the, there's the development itself and then maybe help me understand the difference between Middlebrook and then Great Western Crossing. Yeah. So Great Western Crossing is the first uh, residential neighborhood within Meadowbrook. Okay. So we plan to have several different neighborhoods um, within within Meadowbrook. Okay. And so maybe Great Western Crossing has architectural guidelines. So maybe they look a little bit different in other neighborhoods, still all tying together, but potentially different architectural styles. Okay. I see. And so, uh, as far as the different neighborhoods with great rest Western crossing being one of them, are there, are they already identified as to what neighborhoods will be coming? Or is that kind of a planning process that you're going to continue to go through? It's high level plan, but very, you know, we want to be able to pivot to what the marketplace is demanding. Um, and so yes, we have high level, planned the community yeah, um, and, you know, major intersections and roads and things like that. We've spent a lot of energy and time um, trying to figure out, but as things continue, as you've probably seen with lots of development, things are always moving and and changing. And, um, you know, you have a user that wants to do something. So you find a a space for them and we're kind of keep working around that. So, yeah. When did this project start? When did you, well, I guess maybe when was it planned and when did you actually start turning dirt and, and doing the development? I mean, it's been over five years ago that they started okay. accumu- accumulating the land. Um, I think we were at originally 400 acres planned and it's gone up to 900. Okay. Um, but 20, so 
2020, we started developing the residential side. I would say a couple of years before that, we were working with um, land planners and um, architects to kind of get all this vision down, you know, all the vision started at that time. Um, But we hosted, the HBA does the Home Show Expo annually, and and we hosted that July 2021. So that was really kind of the kickoff of a lot of the residential side. Gotcha. And then those homes that were in that home show, were they, and I can't remember this, were they sold before the show? Like, were those the first homes that were going to be sold or were there already homes that were built and sold? There was seven lots in a plat one and then plat two and three were put in for the home show. Okay. And then, so we, those six homes were kind of the kickoff to to the rest of it. So what's the, what's been the response so far from the, those who have, you know, built homes there and just, there's obviously, I want to talk also about the activities that are there because I see the emails that come through about just different activities that are going on, going on in Middlebrook, but maybe first the, what kind of response have you received so far from the, the residents that actually live there? Well, I think it's very different. The leads I get, they, if they, if they feel connected to Middlebrook, they're not shopping you know, five other developments. It's like, they love it here. They know this is where they're supposed to be. And they just want to figure out more what type of home they want to live in. Is it a town home or is it a single family and, and style wise and all that. So that's just been different um, compared to the other developments I have. Maybe they're looking at, you know, three different areas. Um, I'm, you know, I find a lot of out of state leads um, come in. I think people are more used to master plan communities in larger areas, um, urban areas in California, Phoenix, Colorado. Um, so I think when people move to the area and don't necessarily need to be in a certain school district and they're just kind of researching the area, it's been in a very attractive, interesting concept that people are drawn to. I think like piggybacking on that. So continuing on to it, you mentioned different types of different types of homes for people. Is this a purely single family residential or shouldn't even say residential, but from on the residential side, is it purely a single family development or will there be other? So um, I think that's one of the unique things. And of course it, it's going to take a while to see all the different typologies that we're planning. Um, but you're definitely going to see a scale, a range of types of homes. Um, so we started with our more traditional lots, really. I mean, they're quarter of an acre. Um, setbacks are kind of more standard that you're going to s- see in normal cities, communities. Um, but we did add the architectural guidelines. So we're requiring front porches or front courtyard spaces, again, to bring people kind of out in front of their home, interact with neighbors again, have that sense of community. Um, we also are requiring the garage to, to not be the focal point of the house and do a side load or, or scale it back. We're doing a lot of tandem garages where you've got a two car that yep. um, with, a, with a third or fourth behind it. Um, and then we st- the next product we brought was uh, like zero entry, no step, uh, 1,400 square foot ranch villas. So they are within an association that um, does the snow removal and lawn care, but they are detached and you have your okay. own yard. Um, so, and then right now we're really excited that we're starting um, townhomes. They're one story and two story townhomes going to be all geothermal. Okay. So I think there's 60 some units that will, that we're committing to, to being geothermal. And we're really excited to bring that to okay. the people. 
Nice. And so we're recording this. It's Friday, November 17th. So when you look ahead at that next phase that's going on right now, is that something that is planned to be delivered at some point in 24? For like, the townhomes? Yeah, for the townhomes. We're digging those like in another week or two. Oh, actually. so you're going, you're so going. They'll, yeah, right. they'll be finished in 2024 and we'll continue to keep building okay. those. So. Okay, well, yeah. cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the activities because I think this is also another unique thing about Middlebrook is uh, at least the different events that are going on there, the live music, the um, the food. I, I don't know if there's food trucks or what. Yeah. What? Yeah. So, what was the idea behind that, and uh, who who actually plans that? Yeah. Well, that's kind of a fun answer. <laughs> um, so Friday at the farm, we do that from May through October, and it's every Friday, four thirty to seven thirty live um, live music. We've got food trucks and the wine wagon. The mercantile we can talk about in a second, but they sell wine and cocktails and and uh, beverages uh, from this cute little Volkswagen <laughs> that's like turned into a little stand. Um, we've got farmers market, so we've got quite a few vendors there selling homemade goods and and um, our garden stand is open during that time. We've got Gaga Ball and some other fun little. Uh, games and things for the kids. So it's just a nice place where you can come, relax, chill on a Friday night. Um, kind of old fashioned fun, I like to yeah. say. Just like I, it's a place where my kids can run and I don't, you know, worry. Um, and it's just nice to relax. So it's been a really good tool, I think, for people to experience kind of this rural setting, um, feel relaxed, kind of understand really what Middlebrook is about and, and experience kind of a togetherness and community. We kicked that off in two, uh, 2019 when COVID started. Oh, right. Right uh, before that. And yeah. we were really torn. Do we do we go for it or not? Yeah. Um, we'd already, you know, lined up all these singers and, and whatnot. Um, and we said, you know what, there's tons of space out there. We can yep. We can spread out. We can do this um, responsibly, and we went for it. And I, I think it was really great because it word spread on it very quickly. Um, we've had 500, 600, 700 people out there on Friday wow. nights, and um, it's been a great thing for us. So on that on that note, really quick though, before yeah. you go on to your next yeah. thought, the uh, when people come there, I assume based on the numbers of people that are there, it's not just people who live in that particular, yeah. in, in the development, you've got people coming from neighboring cities, I assume. Is that yeah, correct? Yep. Okay. I do see a lot of the people that are living there. We see them weekly. It's, fu it's fun, but they can invite their friends, their family that are, you know, either from out of town or are living in Waukee or something. And I think that's just been a really great amenity for them to be able to have live music, you know, on yeah. every Friday night through the summer. Um, yeah. Okay, I but think, it is open to the public. It's free, so no charge. You can just come out, bring yep. chairs, blankets. Yeah, I think those of you listening right now, I think you should look at. Um, and we'll, I guess, where it, there's obviously a website for this somewhere. What's what's the website for this? Middlebrookfarm.com. Okay, so I guess what I'm saying here is, and those of you who are actually watching this versus just listening to us. Um, if you go out there and look actually at the the development and what it looks like and how it's spread out, but if you're not from the area, if you're not from Iowa and you're listening in from elsewhere, um, it's really, you'll, you'll have to map it and kind of see that it is, it isn't right like in the city or, uh, on the edge of the city or whatever. It's, it's down South a little bit from the Des Moines, uh, it's part of the Des Moines Metro, but it's down South a little bit. So it is, it's got that rural feeling to it, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Cummings population right now is under 500 people. Yeah. So it's, so, 
and we're expecting 12 to 1500 rooftops when this is all said and done. So obviously going to more than double their population. And it's really, I think coming has been a really great spot for an agrihood. Um, I mean, we're close to West Des Moines, uh, right off the interstate, Norwalk schools, Norwalk is a close neighbor also. Um, but it's given us a setting that does feel rural. It doesn't feel forced. You're not just plopping it in the middle of a, you know, suburban sprawl. Um, you are kind of given this really great opportunity to kind of make a town yeah, and, and be purposeful about it. And it's, it's, very cool. Yeah, no, for sure. And you mentioned uh, the, the mercantile. Um, what was that that you were going to talk about? Yeah. With? So our first uh, retail commercial space to open is called Middlebrook Mercantile. It's a wine bar and cocktail bar. Um, we do have some grab and go food, cheese, meats, uh, things of that nature. Um, and then we do sell wine. Uh, Steve Brewer with Diligent Development actually owns uh, two vineyards out in Washington and Oregon area. And so okay. he's brought in his wine and that's pretty fun to get to market that. And Okay. You know, what's funny about that is as I was, I was here at your office sitting out there and I was looking at the forecast that was coming up and I saw Clive and then I saw, uh, gosh, what was it? Was it Wawa? Walla Walla. Walla Walla. Yep. <laughs> that's what it was. I was like, I was why, like, why, what? Is, why that? is that up there? And I think that maybe yes. makes sense. So now. actually we have, I think seven seven or eight offices. I should know that, but uh, people's <laughs> company does. And one is in. Okay. Walla Walla, okay. That's what that is. So okay. It, was it wasn't his giving, vineyard. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's where he got connected as we opened that office and then okay. got connected to that area. So. Okay. That's cool. So you have, so with, uh, with those shops, who organizes this? Is it, is there an association that manages all this stuff? Is it people's company that's doing this or who's um, responsible for it? So the farm and Friday at the farm is Middlebrook Organics and Diligent, same owners own that. Yep. Um, I, I was going to say my mom actually is the uh, organizer, planner, event planner oh, really? of Friday at the farm. So oh, it's been awesome. really fun <laughs> to kind of tie in my family and, you know, my kids think it's pretty cool that grandma runs this. Yeah, for so, sure it would be. Um but so, and then Diligent Development also has another event planner for community events that we also host at either the farm or at the mercantile. So we're doing yoga classes, uh, wreath making classes, wine okay. tasting classes, just, and that is open to the public, but we definitely, you know, email out to the homeowners that are living there and try to get them engaged and, and bring, you know, value to them for living in the community. Cool. Well, I think that's probably a good spot to wrap up here. Um, I didn't, I mean, I knew about it and I was at the, I was at the home show when it was down, yeah. down there. So I, I was in some of the homes there touring them back, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when that was, um, but I didn't know all the details around it. So that was really, really interesting. Yeah. I want to mention too, we're excited about Wilson's Orchard. So they're opening um, a second location. They're right now in the Iowa city area and we'll be opening a pick me orchard. I think they've got like strawberry patch, definitely apple orchard, um, pumpkin patch, things of that nature. And they have a bakery, restaurant, event venue, um, pretty amazing space. So that'll be opening this spring, summer, 2020. On the, actually near the property or on the property? Okay. In Middlebrook. Okay. So, and then we also connected to that. They, um, so I guess sheep eat the byproduct of apple cider. And, um, so they, they raise sheep and kind of have that 
food to table. Okay. Um, interesting. With their sheep also. So, um, so they're, Wilson's will be raising sheep in this area kind of close to their orchard. And we are going to do the Middlebrook Meadow with with them in that area. And you'll be able to jump off the Great Western Bike Trail that runs through this development and kind of go on this other little walkway, mile walk around around this area. It's just gorgeous nice. up there. And I mean, just thinking of like a fenced in area with sheep and, and yeah. some livestock will be pretty cool. So that will be coming next year. We're also... Um, redoing, moving our community garden up close to the Cumming Avenue Highway. And um, so it'll just be a little bit more um, of a community-centric experience where we have raised beds that you can garden, um, rent and garden with our farm manager, um, probably more classes and and things like that to be expected. So okay. We're excited about that too. Nice. Well, I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. I, was, I was ending it before we got to that yeah, point. So I that's to, good. I, yeah. <laughs> Wilson's, I think, will be a game changer and just bring a lot more agricultural components to our agrohead too. So. Nice. Okay. Well, before we go, I, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to share how people can connect with you. If somebody is interested about this project, maybe they're not even from this area and they're just curious to learn more about how it went down because maybe they want to do something like yeah. this in their area. How? What's the best way to reach you? Well, I recommend checking us out on Instagram or um, Facebook. If you just put in Middlebrook Agrihood, you can find us pretty easily there. Um, and then middlebrookfarm.com is going to have lots of information about the events, about the homes being sold um, and what it's like to live in Middlebrook and just kind of the whole vision and, and, and community experience. Um, also, my email is Kaylin, K-A-L-E-N at peoplescompany.com. So feel free to reach out that way too. Awesome. All right. Well, that's a wrap for the show. Uh, if you are listening in and you're not yet subscribed, please click the button and subscribe to us and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.